0: Oh,
1: here we go hello and welcome back to parents just don't understand uh, i am your host kurt and i'm chris and tonight uh, we are going to be talking Uh, about uh, another Studio Ghibli film, one that we haven't covered yet. Uh, We'll be discussing Yoshifumi Kondo's Whisper of the Heart from 1995, um, based on a 1989 manga of the same name by uh, Aoi Hiragi. And uh, we are joined uh, to discuss this film, um, which uh, by by the person who who actually requested or suggested that 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 we discussed it, because it was not it was it was one that I had seen in passing, but I had never really thought uh, a whole lot about it. Um, but we are joined uh, tonight by uh, the most dangerous woman in speculative fiction, uh, Raquel S. Benedict. Welcome Hello, to the show, Raquel.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. Um I I have been on uh on your show before and uh it was yes. I I had been looking to have you on and I just I I couldn't like think of anything that I was like I I don't want to trouble Raquel to watch like a stupid baby cartoon for t- her. <laughs> 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 um so I was super psyched when you were like, "Oh yeah, I just watched this and it resonated with me. It was super beautiful." And I was like, "Wow, that's um that's, you know, a Miyazaki film we haven't talked about." Uh, and it's one that like, like I said, I, I think I, I always like to start by kind of talking like, well, you know, how did you first see this? And I, I I put the beginning, I I realized afterwards, after we talked, I I don't think I ever saw the whole thing. I think I put the beginning on and I was watching it with, with my girls. And I think after like 30 to 40 minutes, they kind of like, like drifted off. Um, So I never actually, well, it's, you know, I, I understand. They might be
2: a little young for it though. This is really more of a story of, I think uh, the girl's like 12 or 13. It might resonate a little bit better at that age.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I agree completely. Um and it is it is I feel like it's it's unusual even for uh, a Ghibli film. I think I said a Miyazaki film um earlier, which is wrong. It is not it is not a Miyazaki film. It was actually uh it is the the one and only film that uh Yoshifumi Kondo directed for uh Studio Ghibli um that has like an interesting story to it. Um but but uh Raquel, since you suggested it, um could you T- tell us uh, what what made you want to uh, talk about this film.
2: It, it's one of the less talked about Studio Ghibli films, but what I found really compelling about it was its approach to writing and creativity. This movie is the story of a little girl who dreams of being a writer, and it's her writing her first novel. And... It's extraordinarily rare in that it actually depicts the process of writing in a way that feels really real. Like in most movies that I've seen that are about creative people, in most movies that are about a musician or an artist or a writer, at least in American movies, what they always follow this one template and it's, here's the inspiration, the writer or artist gets the idea and then bam, there's the finished work. And there's nothing on that long process in between. Like it's a cliche, but every single rock biopic has the <laughs> the musician getting the idea. Johnny Cash going, "Well, yes, I, I will walk the line. <laughs> I will walk the line." And then smash cut to he finishes walk the line. the The records printed. It's it's selling out. Girls are screaming every single story about a musician does that and it never shows the guy like in the studio fucking with chord progressions trying to figure out like the the drum track just trying to f- work out the lyrics it, we never see the alchemy that goes into taking this idea and creating something from it and i think that gives people it it does audiences a disservice it does people with uh, creative aspirations a disservice because it pretends it it lies to you. (laughs) It tells you that, oh, yeah, this is easy. It's just instant. And if and if it's not instant, then what a piece of shit are you who can't do this (laughs) instantly? And I think it's part of why we have so many people who want to be writers, but who don't want to write anything.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And yes. then it's like writer's I I don't know what it's called. I know that I know that there's like Bookstagram and there's definitely Writersstagram writer's to too yeah. where it's like hashtag m writing and it's m like writing. that's that's cool, I guess, that's good, but also like you know, maybe I don't know. It's it's the yeah. I, I agree completely about the way that it talks about the process of writing. I also really like um the way that it doesn't fall into a very very common, at least American trope of uh, children's media, where it's like, well, you just need to believe in yourself right. and then try, and then you will have the capacity and skill within you. And in fact, it goes it goes quite in the opposite direction, where it it goes to great lengths to be like, look, the process of becoming good at something is really arduous and at first you are a shitty lump of rock and maybe there are some <laughs> gems deep inside yourself and you have to find the gems and that's hard but then on top of that maybe you'll like maybe you'll choose the wrong gem to polish and you have to start all over again and then you will have to polish those and then uh, after all this work then maybe you'll be good and i i i love that they you know we we watched um
2: it's so true and it's so real and i love it for for mm-hmm. being able to for saying that mm-hmm. because my God, we really do people a disservice by telling them, if you just believe in yourself, you can make it. No, <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: not, you it's have not, to fucking it's not all work. fun. It's either. really hard. Yeah, exactly. And like, sometimes it sucks. Like I really did like how, they showed, you know, and we should talk about the actual plot at some point. But I really liked how when they get into the writing process, like a lot of it sucks. It's not yeah. great. She's not she's not just like we I'm having like at, at first she's like, we this is fun. And then she's like beating herself up about like, no, this is stupid. Like this like this part sucks. I can't figure this out. And she's she's unhappy at like how it turns out. She's not. And I, I really like um when when she does show someone uh, you yeah. know the product of, of her work mm-hmm. they're like oh this is really good it turned out great and she's like no it's not it fucking sucks it's awful <laughs> it not say fucking but, terrible the plot's um, all over the
2: place the dialogue's yeah. really corny. this is really bad and he's like yeah, yeah it's a rough draft kid
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah You're I, a child. I, love, I love that he's like trying to be nice and she can't accept it which is true which is true which is exactly what like, like if i wrote something that i was uncertain of and someone was like this is wonderful i'd be like fuck you
3: <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right. You're and this is her first,
2: like her first thing. You know, this is her first really completed story. It's my understanding she's written, she's written song lyrics, but this is her first composition. And that's huge. And it's big. It's pretty much a novel. And I, I love the way she, she hands it to him and then goes outside and hides in a fetal <laughs> position for several hours and says, please read it all really quick. And he says, well, you took so long on this. I should read it more slowly. He says, oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just starts crying hysterically. It's so real. The mortification of showing your work to somebody else, especially for the first time and especially when you are not the writer that you want to be.
1: Yeah, and and there's other there's there's other aspects of this that deal with like failure or lack of fulfillment also, which I thought was really oh, really yeah. poignant. Um, but so I guess in in brief, uh, "Whisper of the Heart" mentioned it's uh, a film from 1995, and actually I, I think it's set in 94. Um, hmm. I was wondering about when it was set because it's it, there are there are old clunky laptops. That yes. show up, and I was like, okay, so it has to be late eighties, early nineties. And then at one point, when she's, um, when the main character Shizuku Tsukushima, is working, um, there's a calendar behind her that very clearly said 1994. So mm. this was this was this is interesting because it is a, it's not, it's I, I guess it is kind of like a slice of life, um, film, and it's contemporary to when it came out. And I I feel like, Ghibli has done a variety of kind of slice of life films like this, but. Uh, uh most of them are set in a different time period so you have like like up on poppy hill which is set um i think shortly shortly after world war 2 i think uh my neighbor totoro is definitely takes place in like the the 60s or so it seems like so yeah. it's 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 interesting that they literally made like here's an anime about a kid right now and and it doesn't really have these those kind of fantastical elements that they're known for but so in no, in brief um it's the story of uh, Shizuku Sugishima who's a 14-year-old girl. She's in junior high. Um she lives in Tokyo with her parents who are uh very realistically depicted in a kind of a very Studio Ghibli tradition of <laughs> kind of being like put upon and overworked and like they mean well but sometimes they're a little bit shitty. I like I liked the, that the dad smokes and the yeah. the mom like gives some shit about it. Yeah. I really appreciated that.
3: Yeah.
2: And and I also like how their apartment is so tiny and cramped
3: because
2: mm, mom is a student and dad's a librarian. They're not bringing home a lot of money here. They are not living in a huge apartment.
1: Yeah. And then there's there's yeah. And there's even parts where like uh, Shizuku goes over to friends houses and they have much nicer houses. And you immediately notice like, oh, yeah, like they have like a full set dinner table. Whereas when Shizuku and her family have dinner, they have like the steam cooker literally like sitting in the middle of the table and they're just kind of taking stuff out of it, whereas you know, like some of her friends have like a big, nice suburban house with like a full table spread and a full kitchen and everything. And, and
2: yeah, she fits her 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 friend's bedroom is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's and like as big as their entire
1: apartment. It's and,
2: enormous, and the the mom serves her tea in this like beautiful, elegant tea set.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very it's a very nice depiction of I, I, honestly. Like, so I, I mean. For the first half of the movie, it's really just about Shizuku kind of living her life. She's going to school. Um, she, uh, her, her best friend has a crush on a boy, and she's received like an anonymous letter. And they're trying to figure out like, does, is this the boy that she likes? Is it someone else? Meanwhile, she's working on uh, like writing her own lyrics to uh, the song "Take Me Home, Country Roads" by John Denver. Um, and there's just not like, there's not a lot of plot that comes in. I, I think, I think Chris even DM'd me and was like, I'm 40 minutes in and like, th- like there doesn't seem to have really been a plot, uh, that, that has started, which is funny. She
3: follows
2: a cat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she
2: follows a cat. Is that not good enough for you? <laughs> Well, I was going to say,
1: it's, it's funny coming from Chris, because Chris watches like a hundred movies a week that are like weird, like French expressionist films. So <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that criticism from you. <laughs>
0: it wasn't, yeah. So I, it wasn't like a full on, like, um, you know, I'm bored, but it was just, I, I... I you know, I I haven't watched a ton of uh, studio Ghibli uh, movies. So I was expecting like, okay, when, when is the magic start happening? Or like the cat's going to start talking to her or, you know, something like that. And so like, as it just kept going, I'm like, okay, so now she's going to school. Okay. She's talking to friends. And like, you know, I just kept like waiting in anticipation for that. And then like, it took me about right around when I, when I DM'd you, I was like, uh, realizing, oh, so this is just kind of just a vibes movie. And that's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, when I come to the end, came to the end of it, we're not, no, I know we're not done with the plot, but like, uh, I, I like that there really isn't like a huge, like, you know, huge stakes, like, um, you know, like, you know, she doesn't have to save the world. She doesn't have to save her, her house or anything like that. It's just really just like, you know, being, being a person and getting into something and, you know, falling in love and stuff like that. But it's like still like, there's no major, uh, conflict, I guess is what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for. There's other than just being separated, but like, there's no, um, you know, like, Oh, he, he thought she, you know, there's no like farcical, like stupid stuff that some, yeah. sometimes they throw Nobody in on
1: save the cat. There is no dark night of the soul. There is yes. no mentor figure who dies like exactly yeah. <laughs> There's
0: something that I appreciated
2: about this is I'm I'm just comparing it to the stories that I've seen about famous creative people there's not some mean person who wants to stop her from being a writer Right, like her when she says, "I don't want to go to high school. I want to drop out and be a writer." Her parents are concerned, but it's not because they're jerks who are like, "We hate writing." I mean, the dad's <laughs> a librarian; he loves books, obviously. <laughs> not like we hate books. Why are you wasting time on those silly books? We yeah. hate those. They don't. They don't hate books. They're they're all both very fond of writing, and and the dad works at a library, but it's more like, well, that's a that's a difficult path to take.
1: Yeah, and which I, is a very love,
2: loving and real response, not like,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to contrast it with something like the Pixar movie Coco, which is mm. literally what you described. Where it's like, what if there was a boy who wanted to play a uh, mm-hmm. guitar, but his family hates and has banned music <laughs> forever? Yeah, we hate it's like, music. <laughs> Don't you know
0: that guitar <laughs> killed your grandfather?
1: That's, that is made almost literally what the plot of cook exactly. if you haven't seen it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, it can't just be the very realistic side of it, which is – Do you know how hard it is to make money doing that? And maybe in the 90s you might have still been able to squeak out a living as a writer, but today, like, fucking good luck. (laughs) It's it's almost impossible. The money's really in teaching other people to write and in being a consultant and and shit like that. Actually writing fiction, not really – just about – hardly anybody makes a living off of that. So – Instead of it being, oh, we hate literature, it's just a very loving bit of realistic concern. Understanding this is a really, really hard life, and this is a really difficult life choice, and we're your parents, and we don't want you to grow up to be homeless.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I I love the – I feel like every character is kind of rendered on that level. Like Everyone is just kind of like a person. They don't really – some of them kind of serve – Uh, a story function so like at at, at some point i I guess i guess it's worth saying like the early conceit of the of the the movie is um shizuku keeps checking out books from the library she loves reading and each time she checks out a book she finds that somebody named uh what is it uh seiji is it like seiji amagawa i I think i can't remember the last name has already checked out uh the book Yeah. uh, Sorry. Uh, Seiji uh, Seiji Amasawa has already checked out the book and she gets like obsessed with like, who is Seiji Amasawa? And she's just kind of imagining, you know, maybe he's this, you know, dashing intellectual or something like how, how has he already read every single book that she goes to check out? And she is the person who all her friends think reads a ton of books. Um, And and I I love that, uh, like it's very. It's just kind of like okay, and and to Chris's point, in in any other almost any other Studio Ghibli film, I feel like this is the point where she would go hunting for Seiji Amasawa and then find a magical door that leads into another world where Seiji Amasawa is a wizard and he lives in, you know, a book castle or something like that. (laughs) And it's like, no, he's actually just some asshole (laughs) or he's, he's just like, he's, he's a boy in her class as it later turns out. Um, (laughs) I, and I, I, I love the, I, I love, 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 um, films like this. And also, uh, like, like my neighbor Totoro, where it's just kind of like kids, living their life because we Mm -hmm. so rarely get that nowadays like a lot of time is just spent of her going to school and being in class and like what she does on her lunch break and she plays with her friends and they kind of gossip about stuff and I I feel like so much um child media now is based on like epic adventures and you Mm -hmm. are the hero the protagonist of the story and I maybe this is just me talking but I feel like as I got older it was kind of a shitty revelation to be like oh I'm not like the epic, cool protagonist of the story. I'm just like a guy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right.
1: And this is kind of setting, this is kind of like, it's kind of setting it up. It's like, well, no, like this is what, like most of your, you know, as a teenager, most of your uh, life is going to be like going to classes and talking to your friends. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't mythologize it. Like they're just kind of like people going to class. But at the same time, um, I almost feel like this could function almost as like a historical document of like early mid 90s uh you know Tokyo like it's you know there's so much care put in this film into like the 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 environments that the kids move through so really? like you know they're going up and down these stairs that are kind of nested through suburbs there's a really charming sequence where Shizuku sees a cat riding a train again another moment that normally that train and cat would lead to a magical doorway to another world. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And that's what she expects too. Shizuku yeah. follows the cat thinking, okay, this cat's going to bring me to a wizard. That's true. But that's true. Yeah, she brings that. her to a an antique shop run by a delightful old man. With I have some to very say- charming stories that I mean that's the whole thing about Shizuku is that she is always looking for magic hmm. in everything. She's obsessed with st- uh with storybooks and fairy tales and in, and people think that she's kind of weird for doing that. And instead of it being in the world, she kind of f- takes that from the world and puts it into her writing.
1: Yeah, and and again, nobody gets their comeuppance really for thinking that she's weird for just being super into you know seeing like everything like like fairy tales. And that's another thing that I feel like we we almost like train. Kids on with with children's movies is like somebody will going to get
2: humiliated. Yeah, and they're going to get owned, and everyone's going to applaud.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and there isn't there isn't that. It's like, well, no, it is kind of a little bit weird. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, and a lot of stuff isn't super resolved. Like it turns out that the boy that her friend has a crush on actually has a crush on her, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't like him back, and it's just like, well, okay.
1: Yeah, and I really like um, yeah. So so let's see. I'm trying to figure out where where, where we were in the plot. Um, so the the boy that her friend likes talks to her friend. It turns out that he's been asked by a third boy or a second boy to basically ask her friend uh, Yuko out. Um, like, and Yuko is really upset because you know the boy that she likes is basically being like a wingman for some rando that she doesn't really care about. Um, And then uh, Sugimara, the the boy that Yugo likes um, basically chases down Shizuku and goes, but I don't, I don't like your friend. I like you. And, and she's like, you know, like annoyed by it because she doesn't want anything to do with him because that would be like a betrayal of her friend. And again, yeah. It's just kind of like it's kind of like left there. And it, I I I feel like a lot of the structure of this movie is just like small events kind of like building on each other right. with like no when her real sister resolution. Moves out.
3: Yeah.
2: That's it. It's not a huge thing. And this, again, the sister isn't a villain. Yeah, the sister nags her to do housework, but that's a big sister thing, obviously. Exactly. And then she moves out and that's about it. Yeah. There it goes.
1: <laughs> and um yeah, I, I I do feel like she was I I I was getting annoyed at the sister character. Um, it is a very accurate big sister, as um, I didn't have any sisters, I don't have any siblings. However, uh, I do have two girls, um, one of whom is a few years older than the other, uh, and they are definitely like they, they get along and they care about each other, but they definitely like pick and poke at each other's. <laughs> <So, laughs> it was of course. An accurate, It was an accurate depiction yeah. uh, of that they're relationship. all
2: toge- They're both together in that itty- bitty room.
1: Yeah, right. you're going to drive
2: each other crazy when you're sharing I, I that, didn't pick a up tiny on- bedroom.
1: Until the very end when she moves out. I didn't pick up on that mm-hmm. they were like in the same bedroom. I thought that I, yeah, at, they first, had bunk beds. at first I thought I thought her sister was like away at college. And then, well, I guess she may, maybe she was away at college and then moves home at the beginning of the movie. I wasn't totally clear on that relationship.
0: Well and I think that's kind of part of the charm of the movie is that there's not a big like oh my sister's back home from college or you know what I mean like it's kind of just like stuff happens and you kind of just got to keep up and and like uh you know pay attention to the to the conversations rather than having the the, the film like really like uh, uh you know uh, put big road signs telling you what's going on or yeah, what's going on Here's the
2: ahead. emotion you're supposed to have. Exactly yeah. This is important.
0: Yeah. And the mu- the music's very um, low key, it's not like you know emotional swelling stuff like with you know the strings aren't there to tug on your heart or anything. Well, like that. Well, except like
2: with it's... country roads. Well, yes, which is
0: <laughs> repeatedly,
2: I, yeah, I, like eight the, times to, yeah. over the course of the movie. <laughs> I,
0: I never. Is there any connection <laughs> with a bit about why the the uh, John Denver song is used in this other than just she could change the lyrics to about to concrete roads?
1: I I don't know. Um, I I was puzzled by that too because to the best of my recollection no other Studio Ghibli film features like a cover or like 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 an actual popular f- uh song. Mm-hmm. Um and the song is not is not from you know the time period that the movie right. takes place. So I I don't know. I it, it's possible there's something in like the manga about it or it's possible mm. I mean, maybe that was just very like maybe John Denver was very popular in Japan. I'm not I'm not really sure. Um but yeah, that that did strike me as odd, but then it just kind of like fades into the background. Like it kind of just yeah. like, makes sense after a while.
0: Yeah, it's it's just part of the the um you know set decoration. You know of of not not like in the sense that like you you don't see it, but like you know it's just part of the world. You know the the world is like more complicated than well, just the whole like. The
2: Thing is about this character trying to forge her own path. Right. So roads take me to the <laughs> place where I belong.
1: Right. I do like how her. So, like she's rewriting the lyrics um it's not clear it's it, there's a reference to like a glee club, so it seems it seems like there might be like a performance or something coming uh, up. Yeah. It's not totally yeah. clear, yeah, um but her her lyrics are a lot more like longing and kind of sad than the actual song lyrics, which are much more of just like a celebration of like you know like coming home and of com re- like returning home whereas her her lyrics are talking about like you know keeping loneliness inside and. Um, There's there's even some stuff about kind of like like failure in it where it's like maybe no like I'm trying to remember what the actual lyrics um, that she says are, but they're they're much more they're much more melancholy and a little bit kind of like uh, not not jaundiced exactly, but they're 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 much less like exuberant uh, Mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. the actual John Denver song, which is which is interesting. It's interesting to take such an upbeat song uh, and have, you know, a a 14 year old kind of writing like slightly sadder lyrics uh, for it, which is which I thought was cool. Yeah, um, so at this point, uh, Raquel I think mentioned the antique shop where she. So it's it's, um, she follows this cat who we later learn is name is named Moon or Muta, um, to an antique shop run by, uh, like Raquel said, a charming old man. Um, here she dis- it's, it's here that she discovers that uh, Seiji Amazawa is um this other boy in her class. Uh, who is related to the to the the gentleman who owns the antique shop, um, and in kind of like a neat little a neat little twist, um, she she runs into him uh, after hours when returning to the antique shop to try to visit this this statue of a cat uh, called the Baron that she finds like very charming and she wants to see it again, um, and he uh, Seiji lets her in and she discovers that he is a luthier who has like been practicing for years and years to get good at making violins. Um, And they, they perform country roads, take me home country roads and kind of like his grandfather and two other old guys show up and they have like a nice little jam session. I feel like this, that was the moment where I was like, Ooh, to to Chris's point about being a vibes movie. That was when I was like, Ooh, like this is like a really good vibes movie. Cause that was like a really nice Mm -hmm. um, moment. It was very charming Uh, And I just had like a nice, I don't know. It was just, it was nice to watch. Like, you know, these like random people just kind of playing music together and her getting just a little bit of confidence in that. Like, yes, her lyrics are good and she can sing. She insists that she's very bad. Um, Seiji, interestingly, insists that he's a terrible, he's kind of like, uh, yeah, I I play violin, if if you can call it that. And he's like, he's terrific. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I thought it was nice that there's kind of like that, there, there is a bit of, you know, actually you're better than you think you are, but it's not like you're better than you think you are. You are a world-class violin player. It's like, no, 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 you're actually like, you're pretty good. You're a pretty <laughs> good singer. Uh, you just have a little bit of faith in yourself, but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's the- not
2: just faith that saves you. It's that you've got to fucking practice and study. <laughs> yeah, I
1: really liked I loved the emphasis. Um I, I, I really liked Seiji's character a lot about how he talks about because he 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 talks a lot about like applying yourself and like figuring out like what you want to do. And he basically says, you know, I figured out a long time ago that I wanted to be a world-class violin maker. Um to you, uh Shizuku, it seems like I'm very good at making violins, but actually I'm really not very good at all. Like I'm I'm like a gifted amateur. If I really want to be good, A, I need to keep practicing for years and years, and B, I need to go to uh, Cormosa, I think it is, um, Italy, and study under like a master to become like a really good uh, violin maker. Um, and he's kind of committed to doing this, and he he even talks about how like, you know, it's this long, arduous thing. It's not just like, you know, it, se- it seems like I'm good now, but I'm really not. Um and that winds up being kind of like the seed of her actually applying herself and deciding that she wants to be a writer, and she'll invest time and effort in in writing. And I really, really appreciated that 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 was what kind of began the journey because it is kind of i I don't know about about YouTube, but When I was a kid, and I met someone who seemed to have figured out their thing, like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I found it super annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: I agree. It's it's cool. I I like the that they that the movie has um, uh, uh, Shizuku, uh, you know get this this the the seed of wanting to become a writer from um you know somebody who's a craftsman where like it takes time to like work and like uh you know get the perfect violin whereas you know some the you know probably the popular thought of writers is it's just oh it just spills out and 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 as you know as Raquel you were saying earlier about like especially popular media shows it as like you know have the idea there it's done it's published it's a bestseller that kind of stuff but um learning it from a craftsman you really see that like you no know, it's it takes time because writing is a craft in and of itself and you have to work at it and it, it's not something that just comes comes from you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we yeah. do see we do see where she's drawing inspiration from these little moments that go into her story, like going down this steep, steep staircase, and the view from Seiji's home. Well, that that goes into the bit where the Baron leaps off the cliff and flies, and and all the scenes about mining her trying to find the right gem. Well, Mm -hmm. that's very clear where that comes from. So she Mm -hmm. isn't incorporating these elements of her life into it. But it's not just, oh, I had an idea. Story's finished and it's perfect. (laughs) It's
3: perfect.
2: And you can see how her moods, affect how the writing's turning out. I mean, there are some, when she's really euphoric and excited, the, they're just soaring in this story. And then when she's getting frustrated and insecure, she, her character's lost in, in this dark cave. And it, 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 it's straightforward, but it's, a, a I think, a really nice illustration of, okay, here's a little bit more of how the writer brings their life into their work. And the fact that she does research to write a fiction book that's so that's fucking huge how often do you see that
3: right yeah she
2: she realizes we're gonna fly on the wind currents i need to go to the library and pick up a book about wind currents and she's at the library studying a book about minerals because there's a scene in a mine
1: i really liked the (sighs) way that 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 made me think about um kind of some of the problems i guess of using the internet to do research for things is you kind of just get answers in like (laughs) what is this and on the other hand like if you want to find out about a mineral right you have to go get a book about minerals and now in your hands you hold an entire tome of information about different minerals that you would never you you're you're never going to um that you, you you never would have put in front of yourself otherwise and you kind of see her being like oh like look at this and look at this and look at this and it's kind of like it's it's like the uh the analog version of going down like a like a wikipedia hole but it's much just kind of just like a big block of weird stuff and it really um reminded me of like the 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 tangibility of libraries and books Mm um and I feel like when I was a kid, I spent so much time in the library and just the notion of there being like shelf after shelf after shelf of 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 these books that could contain anything was itself kind of like a magical thing um, on top of and beyond just the fact that like there was information there. It was like, well, there there, there could be secrets there. There could be weird things like I, yeah. I feel like the whole reason I got into weird fiction was because I love to go to like the, the weird part of our school library <laughs> and look at what weird books were there. And there was a like a weird old HP Lovecraft book and I read it because it was a weird looking old book. You know, nice. um, and they had that 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 tangibility of it. it's not just it's just the information on a screen. It's like, well, here is a a book that has its own physical qualities. And it's like it's on old yellowed paper or it's a book of just minerals. Like who would read a book of just minerals? Uh, like you're not just going to go to, you know, minerals dot com and just browse <laughs> through all the minerals. You're going to find the one answer that you need of like what color is, you know, beryllium. Oh, OK, it's green or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. And also noting pre-internet days, something that struck me when I was watching this was noting that uh Shizuku's writing, I mean, she's writing the story based on The Baron, but she's writing her own story. And I'm just thinking how many hmm. young girls who are aspiring writers now, they just go into the fan fiction hole. And all of that adolescent creativity, all that adolescent energy just gets absorbed by branded content. Yeah, and I'm feeling very much like a grumpy old person for being annoyed by that, and just oh no, this is this is c- the
1: po- this is the podcast to to do that on. <laughs> <Yeah. Heading> out, <laughs> this is today, is Shizuku a podcast would about just be writing fucking kids. fanfic
2: and getting I, I, death threats from someone who's either pro ship or anti ship, whatever the fuck that means.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there, there's something about um, it, it's 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 interesting because like the template of what she's writing, and I I. Again, I haven't read I haven't read the manga, but this being in a Ghibli film, it feels like she is trying to write the plot of a Studio Ghibli movie, essentially. Right. Absolutely, but it's, it does. But yeah. it's, it's about. But obviously, it's a. It's not like it's not like oh, the continuing adventures of you know uh, May and and her sister from from you know My Neighbor Totoro. It's it's just kind of like okay, I'm going to kind of come up with this character that. Loosely maps to the stuff that I saw and and um, it, it, it is funny. I do want to touch on the the kind of spinoff slash. It's not really a sequel exactly, um, but there there is there is a movie called The Cat Returns, which I having seen this now, I, I have mixed feelings on, um, which is which is basically a, it's, it's, it's about the Baron, but it's just a story of the sort that Shizuku would have written. Um, It came out in 2002 and it's about, it's about a little girl, not a little girl. It's about like a, like a young teenager who, who saves a cat from getting hit by a truck. Um, And the, the king of the cats visits her the next night and says, you know, I want you to marry my son um, as a reward for saving uh, a prince of, of the cat's. And she tries to reject it, but winds up being basically turned slowly into a cat, and she has to go and get help from from the baron and actually from uh muta slash moon um who kind of have this like uh this kind of like a like a rescue aids society type person type deal um <laughs> and they go on this th- this whole adventure, which is very much the kind of adventure that Shizuku was trying to write and i have very again i have very mixed feelings about taking like something that is a story about you know uh, a young teenager trying to come up with a story I mean like well let's just make a story of the sort that she would have written um because everybody likes the Baron who is like the cat statue um right. and I, I have to say uh if if I had watched these in the other direction I definitely would have been like man I would love to watch a movie about the Baron he's voiced by Carrie Elwes. uh he's cool he's dashing he's like a swashbuckler you know for all the for for all the five minutes of him that we actually get to see uh, on, on on screen, oh, he's great. But um, so uh, I guess after Shizuku kind of understands who Seiji is, and she kind of gets the the spark of of inspiration, it's clear that she's kind of developing a crush on on Seiji. She kind of already had one, and then got put off when she actually met him, and then. He kind of admits that, like, he doesn't quite admit that he was being a dick on purpose, but it, it's kind of implied that he was just kind of, right. you know, acting like like a teenage boy as yeah. is want to ask act. Um, and he tells her that, you know, his dream is to go to, to Cremona, Italy. And then he finds out that he actually will get to go to Italy for, for two months um so she you know she's just started to like develop a thing for this kid and now he's moving away potentially for years and years and years um she knows that he'll be back yeah she's very upset and i i was i was a little bit tore up too because it's it is it has a nice like you know life especially as a kid is kind of stupid that way where it's like things just happen to you and to people that you know because you're all kids um and yeah, it's like you that, don't
2: really have any power over it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. She she can't be like, I'm going to go to Italy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you um, can't,
2: just can't do that.
1: So she decides that she's going to complete, she's going to like apply herself and complete a story in two months to share with him when he gets back, kind of like as a, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm I'm not sure how, how you all interpreted this, but I kind of read it as like a challenge to herself that she could pick something and actually accomplish something because she seems very down on her aspirations once she meets Seiji, who like kind of knows what what he wants to do.
2: Right, and she is comparing herself to him when when she finishes it. She says, "Oh, I'm, Seiji's so good at making violins, and my story sucks so much. Oh no, I'll never, you know, I'll never keep up with him." Basically, like she wants to be as good as he is at something creative and wonderful and a lot of that too I think is just she sees him as this he's he makes these beautiful things these wonderful creative things and she doesn't have anything so it's like well I gotta impress him I I gotta have something
1: I have to say um, you know after watching the the super well rendered scene of um, Seiji like carving the violin I was like I should carve violins (laughs) Uh,
3: yeah
1: There is something, like, nicely tangible about, like, handicraft Mm -hmm. um, and the idea of, like, physically, tangibly uh, making something. And this might just be me as, you know, a dad who is approaching 40. uh, (laughs) And I might have, you know, like, genetic memories of of being a weird dad who has to build things because that's what weird dads do. Yeah,
2: it's time to start Whitland, Kurt.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Time to start building bookshelves. (laughs) Uh,
1: But that that was certainly uh, appealing to me as well. but uh yeah so so she applies herself she goes kind of through the ups and downs of uh working on on her story um I did really enjoy the the bits of her story that we get to see um It, it is really kind
2: imaginative of, my favorite yeah. the detail of what is it it's this one weird phase of the moon so everything further away looks bigger and everything closer up looks smaller like that's a wonderfully imaginative <laughs> Detail.
1: That's yeah, great. It, it it fits this. Um, I, I've noticed. I have to say, I've noticed that this is a type of story that doesn't really seem to exist as much in children's media. Um, and this might be a bit of a digression, but I, I think it's one that's worth having. Um, a lot of children's media in the '80s and before was about a child who was a regular child who meets someone fantastical, right? right. Or, or mm. one fantastic thing enters into their life and allows them to do something. So, for instance, you've got, like, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, you know, meets meets Willy Wonka. Labyrinth. And be, exactly, exactly. Labyrinth, you know, meet, meets Gareth. This weird stuff happens. But it's not that the kid is special. It's that they've stumbled into this special thing. Mm-hmm. And that's very much the story that um Shizuku is writing of it seems to be of kind of like a regular girl who suddenly stumbles into you know she meets the baron and then she goes on on this adventure because she met someone who's really fantastical and and that's that's how the spin-off movie the cat returns is about a regular girl who isn't especially re- remarkable she just meets someone who is like you know a character out of a book essentially and goes on this wild adventure and i've noticed that kids movies now Very rarely do that. Instead, the kid has to have something special about them, Mm -hmm. whether it's Harry Potter and they have this kind of internality of, oh, you know, you're you're a great wizard or um, it's something like uh, the Mitchells versus the robots or whatever it's called, where it's like, oh, you know, they they have to survive. And it turns out that, you know, the girl is a is a a master at, uh, you know, figuring out strategy and stuff. Um, it's, it's interesting to me. And I wonder if it says something about like the way that we view childhood and capability now that it's like, well, you, it's not enough to just be like a decent person. You have to have some special spark of greatness. You gotta be gifted. Yeah, exactly. You have to
2: be a gifted child (laughs) so that you can make a bunch of annoying posts about it 20 years in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well or or, or you, you know you have your kid involved in a million things so you can post about it mm, currently. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, I, I think I think there's definitely um a heavy expectation on kids these days to be um like you know I, I luckily I avoided it because frankly I was just never good, but uh it, it always blew my mind about um the kids who would be on like soccer travel teams where they would like drive like hours away and like not only that but they would be paying money because you know for them it's just like oh I'm the special soccer guy and I need to do this and it, it just it's so overwhelmed their life that it just seems so I mean to me it seems so hollow but you're and you're, but you're right that like it, the media kind of like reinforces that because you know it's there's there's a kid who's like well they're not you know they might be outcast at school but they're really good at hacking or something like that like <laughs>
2: You yeah, know, like- it, just in general, I think we've moved away from ordinary people and extraordinary mm-hmm. c- circumstances. And I, I, I everybody has to be this, like, completely perfect. You have superpowers, you have washboard abs, you are some elite, high-powered, super, whatever, amazing person. You can't just be, like, a regular person. And that's really depressing and shitty, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah
1: especially because, like, like you know, most people in the world, just statistically speaking, good people are bad. Are, are just kind of like be they're gonna be people, right? <laughs> like there's yeah. only you know companies only have one CEO. Uh, y- you know there's there's only one first violin in the symphony. Like n- it, most people, statistically, are are just kind of gonna be a person. You have to be a good person of the kind of person that you are. You can't you you can't tie your self worth to being the hero of your own story because chances are you're not going to be one and if you are the hero of a story you probably don't want to be one as we see what happens you know to people who actually do briefly become kind of the main character of reality whether that's you know someone uh like uh you know someone who like leaks you know devastating secrets about, about, you know, government misdeeds. Typically not a great thing uh, to actually yeah. have, have happened to right. you. You typically don't want to be the hero. You don't want to be the main character in, in general.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the uh, typical milkshake duck situation.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's nice. Again, it's, it's nice to see something like this, where it's just kind of like, well, you know, you have to be like Shizuku's journey. So, so ultimately she finishes the story. It's, she put a lot of time into it. She's supported because people see her working hard at it, um, even though it's kind of impacting other parts of her life. And it's pretty good. Uh, it's not great. It's not perfect. It's not, you know, she's not, you know, destined to be a perfect, you know, children's story writer or just a, a, a perfect writer. It's just, it's just pretty good. But the key is she becomes a better version of, of herself, of the person that she was before. Not that she discovers some secret identity um and so i thought it was a really mature you know outcome for the plot essentially where it's not mm-hmm. like she gets she doesn't win a competition and and you know get a book deal she just it it really doesn't right. answer anything. It's just like, well, and she still has to job.
2: revise that second draft. Yeah, <laughs> which he cries about. <laughs> she I, love, I love She still has to do it. She just starts sobbing, and that is a very, very writer feelings. <laughs> very, extremely writer feelings. <laughs> Says, that's good. Now you've really got to polish it. And she's like, no.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> no. So he makes her some noodles. <laughs> like here here eat your feelings, which again, yeah. another another aspect of, of writing is carbohydrates. <laughs> it's very, very on point.
1: I did love the part where um the 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 old guy with the antique shop tells her the story about so like it's it's been told throughout the movie that uh the, the Baron has a a counterpart um named Louise that he was made to go with. And it turns out that you know louise was actually the name of kind of like this woman that the old guy was in love with back before the war and there's this really like sad story about how you know he he bought the baron from a cafe under the idea that this woman would buy the counterpart of it and they got separated during the war and when he came back to try to find her he was never able to find her again um and so he's got the baron somewhere out there maybe someone has the baroness and it's just like a it's just like a story that doesn't have a satisfying conclusion it's just kind of like well it just didn't happen it's sad but he kind of gets a nice um piece of closure uh this 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 was what touched me where he was like you know um he 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 really appreciates that she takes this kind of little tiny memory that he had and grows it into this this whole story and she takes this seed of you know this slightly sad story about you know a cat figure called the baron and imagines the, this whole character about it and he's trying to get back to his his lost love louise which of course it turns out is the name of of the woman and not even the cat statue um i, I really appreciate that and again i appreciated it because it's like a normal human piece of touching emotion not some like trumped up thing that exists within like a fantastical story yeah she, do- right. she
0: doesn't find the lost love or anything like that like it's just nope you know You know, it's just it's just a nice, you know, bittersweet uh, moment between two people.
1: And then and then and then ultimately it just kind of like ends the uh, Seiji comes back. Um, So both of them decide to go back to high school and actually finish high school. Um, Seiji's uh, master that he studied under says, you know, you're good and you could be great someday, but it's not going to be now. Um, You know, you shouldn't you you shouldn't like devote your life to it. Now you have to get better. Um, yeah. And so he decides to go to high school and she basically has the same, the same revelation where it's like, you know, you, you can get better. You, you, you have a path, but you're not the chosen one. You're not the hero of, of the, of a story. You have a long road ahead of you of getting better if you want to continue to invest in this. And so they I'll, get to go to high school together, basically. Also, and
2: she points out, Hey, I'll be a better writer if I learn more. Yeah, Yeah. which again, extremely fucking valuable lesson that is missing from most of hashtag am writing Twitter.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. Speaking of someone who is, I am, I am not a very good fiction writer. I really struggle to write fiction. I'm, I'm a good nonfiction writer. I know that I can be a little bit arrogant about that. Um, but no, your nonfiction
2: dope, man. It's good. Thank you. Yeah.
1: But, but, uh, but, but fiction, I am, I'm really not good at, I really struggle. And the number one thing that helps is just reading somebody who's a better writer. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I can steal things from this and it's got my brain working. And if you don't read stuff and you don't go do stuff, your, your brain just kind of sits and spins in the place where it is. So yeah, it's a very nice, like, yeah, you if know? you're
2: going to sit alone in a room and be a writer, what the fuck are you going to write about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, you don't know anything, you haven't done anything. What yeah. are you going to write about?
0: That's why Stephen King's, like, all his protagonists in <laughs> his, like,
1: latter half of his career. alcoholic
2: writers. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the movie exactly. kind of ends. I,
2: oh, we, you know what? We've oh. gotten far. We haven't mentioned that this film is the origin of the – Lo fi oh. beats to study, 2, girl. Yes, oh. we got to mention that. That's where this is from. When I saw it, I pointed at the screen and screamed.
1: <laughs> I said, Oh
2: my god, it's the lo fi beats to study, 2, girl.
1: And yeah, I so I don't know that I would have realized that had you not said it. Um, and it is <laughs> it's it's funny because so, if anyone is not familiar, uh, lo fi beats to study is a YouTube channel now, a bunch of other stuff that it does um kind of compilations of like lo-fi music which which is uh it, a lot of it is um based on interestingly it was based on the work of uh Nujabes who did the uh the music for the anime series uh, Samurai Champloo was kind of like a, a foundational artist in it and it kind of blends like instrumental hip hop beats with kind of like traditional um instruments and especially the kind of like slight orchestral instruments, like chamber instruments. And a lot of times it'll feature kind of like anime or video game sound effects or lines of dialogue or kind of ambient sounds like rain falling. It's like a, it's that kind of like stereotypical, like, you know, you put it on in the background to kind of have one in the background while you're working maybe. And it's nice. And it's always had a tight connection with, with anime. Um, and th- this channel that really helped popularize it, yeah, used a sequence from this film as the original artwork. Um, when when it came out, that people kind of noticed this and were like, "Hey, what's up? You know, do you have permission to do this?" They they basically went and and to their credit, they had you know their own their own lofi hip hop girl made who really doesn't look anything like Shizuku. It's kind of like the same shot composition, but it is it's it's it, its own character now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I I was. I was charmed by that. And it's, it's nice that it comes from such a slice of life uh, film, basically, where it's just like, it's the person who's just studying and they're working hard, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it, I mean, yeah. And that makes sense because, like, the, the, the whole point of that taking that image is because it's, like, you know, a slice of life. Like, we all sat there, like, you know, working late at night, doing homework, listening to lo-fi beats.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's to, to me, it's almost an acknowledgement of the fact that the majority of your life is not super interesting. Like the majority of your life is just kind of doing stuff that needs to get done or fucking around in your house or cooking or reading a book. Yeah. Or, you know, doing some chore. You know, Ugh. you spend way more time doing that than you ever will having adventures. Exactly. Um, yep. And so you may as well have music that goes along with <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did, did you all listen to or watch the, the dub or the sub? Good question. I watched I the dub. I
2: watched the dub. So did I be- on HBO Max.
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I, I discovered while looking at the Wikipedia, apparently there's like some somewhat big differences between the, the dub and like the, the original Japanese version. Um, for example, at the end, uh, when you said that uh, Seiji comes back, Apparently, so in the English dub that we all watched, he says, you know, he's going to finish high school before returning to Cremona to become a luthier. But then, in the I guess in the original Japanese, he says he's going to return to Cremona after middle school as planned. So, like, that's huh. kind of a little oh, wow. bit different. Yeah, yeah. It's-
1: there's um, there's a lot of uh, I I've noticed that in um, in My Neighbor Totoro, uh, so there were basically two, uh, uh, basically, b- before. Disney became Boo, became the the distributor of Ghibli films, which happened around 97, 98. Um, There were uh, dubs that were done by like, you know, smaller importing um, companies. And so Mm -hmm. you have like a 1990s dub version um, of most of these films and translation. And then you have like, like a later re-release where they typically have like a lot more um, like uh, celebrity voices. I see. Um so like mm-hmm. uh I think that Princess Mononoke was probably the first one that was distributed by Disney, I think. And so that's why you get like Gillian Anderson and you get Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Remember you, her. Yeah. And you get um uh, Billy Bob Thornton and and like that's when you start getting like all the celebrity voices. Um and wow. I, I think I think that the even the Whisper of the Heart dub um I don't think really has uh, I mean it, it has Gene Smart um, as yes, uh, her sister. I th-
3: I wanna no, 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 no. Uh, the yeah, mom.
1: yeah, as the mom. Thank you. Um, so I I guess this is kind of like a transitional one, where they have some celebrities, but not like a like they, they don't have like a ton of them, apart from Carrie right. Always, yeah, who is who's a celebrity perfect. to me. Who is part? Yeah, he's he is perfect. Yeah. Um. He- but yeah, in uh, in My Neighbor Totoro, the the actual jet. Ja- there's like scenes where it's like the actual. Dr- Japanese translation will be like, you know, Oh, you should, you know, eat vegetables. They'll, you know, help you grow up strong. And then the English translation is like, eat your, eat your vegetables. They've soaked up magic from, you know, the sun and the earth and they'll <laughs> embody, you know, the spirit of, it. it's like, what the fuck is going on? But Doing
2: a little bit of Orientalism. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. Oh, magic Japanese. Like, no, they just said a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make it weird.
1: Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting, Chris. Um, I personally tend to really like the Studio Ghibli um, dubs. They they typically do a very good job. The only thing that's usually weird about them is you'll have you'll have things where someone has to kind of talk like this and run everything together because in the Japanese, like they're they're just kind of like running a, like a long sentence together. Whereas in the English, you would typically pause between you know like mm. individual sentences. So that's the only time that I've I, I ever noticed. Um, I really like, in general, the, the English dubs and the, the English dubs that they have on, on on, uh, HBO max are, are pretty good in in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I I enjoyed it. I I just thought it was strange that, um, that there's this big difference in, (laughs) because it kind of like changes the meaning a little bit, I think, because, um, just kind of delays where Seiji seems more, uh, I guess it's more realistic for in a Jap, in the Japanese setting for him to leave after middle school, than maybe in like, it would be in the West where typically we see kids, you know, finish through high school because there's I understand, you know, Asia and some maybe even the UK has like different like, you know, like high, high school is not really the same thing. It's like then they have college and uh, anyway,
1: it is yeah. it is interesting, though, Um, getting like these little glimpses of, of again, like this, this film almost functions in a way I feel like as a document of like, here's what it would be like to be a kid in Japan in the 90s. Yes. Um, and right. I like, like that it's me you can just made- not
2: go to high school? What the fuck? You yeah, exactly, not yeah, that? you just, that? not, you just don't go to high I mean. school
1: Or you get a, or you get into like a bad high school <laughs> Yeah
2: Yeah, or for me the many scenes of her Just walking around by herself Through Tokyo into traffic I'm just going, what the <laughs> Dad, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> She just kind of wanders around Is home hours later than her mom Expected her to be and it's fine Her mom <laughs> yeah. is not calling the police yeah. Asking where she is. Just, no, <laughs> I just wandered around through the city, through a, a massive city. Like, you could, you can just fucking do that? Yeah. Like, I really love, I
1: love the scenes where she's like, riding on the train and it's all super well, At there's so much mm. care that goes uh, into the There's the so much train vibes. I love, yeah, yeah the train vibes are fucking oh, amazing. Oh God, I
2: love, I love Studio Ghibli train vibes moments. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. I, I, as all the other Ghibli movies I've seen, the, the animation is just, Gorgeous from top to bottom. Like, I particularly like the the um at the, the end, during the ending credits, the, you know, quote unquote cameras just sits and watches people walk past. And like oh, it's just like, yeah, so chill. And it's just, well, it, let's like, did you, you know, notice lov- also it,
1: it wraps up some like plot points?
0: Oh, no, like, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't paying
1: her. Her friend. Y- you can see her friend meets up with uh the boy that she had a crush on. Uh oh. um on that 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 kind of like overpass or whatever it is. Um yeah, I I really thought that was charming and of course H- H- HBO Max was like, "Do you want to watch the next thing? Do you want to watch the trailer?" And I was like, "No, fuck you. I want to watch the credits." Right, <laughs> right. Somebody animated this. They sat there and hand drew it. I need, I, need exactly. I need to watch yeah. this. Need to honor their their their, their effort. <laughs> um yeah, and then that's pretty much how it ends is, you know, they they kind of do kind of like some corny. I like the line where um, he's like, uh, you know, can can you imagine maybe getting married someday? And then he's like, is that corny? And she says, yeah, but it's fine because you're not a writer. You're a violin maker. <laughs> yeah. hey,
2: he has gotten some digs in on her. So she is she is given a dunk on him. It yeah. is well deserved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then it ends, and that's it, pretty much. Yeah. Is yeah. yeah, they they go up and they watch the sun come up, and it's it's charming and beautiful, and then that's just kind of it, you know. Yeah, uh, until the sequel, where uh, the cat returns, where um, we get the continuing adventures of the Baron, which actually really is um, a very nice and charming movie. But it's having watched both of them and like and th- really thought about it, it is definitely the lesser film, and it feels like a weird concession to do of like commercialism that is right. is a little bit off-putting. Got to make them uh,
2: more magic. Got to make <laughs> <a> magic movie. <laughs> exactly. Weird. Yeah, but it's I just like, wanted to do a mellow slice of life. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really I'm really torn about it now because it's like it is it is it, 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 it's it's literally just like a story that Shizuku would have written, and I don't know how I feel about that being a movie. And it's not it's not even like a super memorable Ghibli film. It's just kind of like a. Basic one, basically. It's you know? fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. It's not like amazing. There are some parts that are great. Carrie always is is great. Uh, Muta is super funny. The the kind of like in. The... I love that fat ass cat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, He's yes. Such a good I cat. love. I love. Um, towards the end, uh, when um she's having this like emotional moment, and he just like gets up and just like walks. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People that are demanding is, that a is baron. such a
0: good cat. It's a good cat,
1: yeah. I like that it taunts the dog also. Yeah. yeah. And it, it clearly has like five homes, and it's kind of like grifting them and just like getting them all defeated. I know. Apparently I know, he's such to... a big fat boy. I love yeah. him. <laughs> he is a good cat.
2: I say this with my own cat on my desk,
1: oh. who's all who's all perched
2: <laughs> in, in bread loaf shape. <laughs> uh,
1: your, your, your pets have been unusually quiet uh, during this, Raquel.
2: Yeah, yeah. Harley's been a good boy. He was screaming (laughs) and running around earlier, but he calmed right down.
1: He's like, you watched a movie about cats, so I'll give you this one. Yeah. Yeah. The Baron whispered in his ear. (laughs)
0: Right. Um, So apparently there there is a live-action sequel coming. um, What? Announced (laughs) in January 2020. Sony Pictures announced that there will be a live-action sequel um, in Japan. It's So I'll start, I guess it's going to be made in Japan, but, um, yeah. So how about that? (laughs) I guess, I don't know if there's any, but any news on it since then, but
1: I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't know where this, where that could go. That would be interesting. (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I mean, being a writer, being a creative is extremely different today than it was back in the nineties, I think. True. So I don't know how you do that. I feel like we should bring up what happened to the director. This yes, is a really, kind of a dark note to to turn to. But the director of this film, which is about a girl who's overworking herself for her art, he um he died at age forty seven of an aneurysm. Jeez. And the doctors declared that it was due to overwork.
0: Yikes. And
2: um, and that after that, that was the first time that Miyazaki announced his retirement because he blamed himself because he is a notorious taskmaster.
1: Mm. And yeah, and and um, uh, Yoshifumi Kondo had had worked with uh, Miyazaki for basically his, his whole career going yeah. back to um, panda Go panda which which we actually watch it is actually it's, it's on it's like you, you can find it online and it's it's almost like a proto 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 totoro pr- a proto Totoro um, <laughs> uh from the early 70s from 1972 and it's about like it's it's a very strange film that was made uh by uh, toei um and it's about like it's about like a little girl whose parents just like Leave and just leave her at home when she's like six, and then a panda and a tiger move in and start like taking care of her. Um, but it has very much the same structure as like the Totoro um film. But hmm. they so, like, he and Miyazaki had worked together for their whole careers, they worked together on Sherlock on uh, Sherlock Hound, which was an early um M- Miyazaki directed uh production. Um, and then he came over to work with you know, Ghibli. Um, and yeah, this was the only film that he, uh, directed and he died three years later. Um,
0: Damn. yeah. So, I, I mean, that, that seems, I've heard about, um, I'm not a huge, uh, manga reader, but I've heard that that that's like, um, so it must be like similar in, you know, uh, anime as well that just that like, they get worked to, to there's, um, you know, just some of these, uh, manga, manga cause, I don't mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's it. Yep. They, they, they they just work themselves to death or, or, you know, trying to meet up with the, you know, weekly Shonen Jump or whatever kind of um, schedule that they just, it's just, you know, su- such poor health and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I could totally see that, you know, also being in animation as well.
2: Right. Which does, I think, come through a little bit in this story, too. I mean, we see, we see our protagonist just working through the night and collapsing on the floor. Yeah. And her grades suffer and she is missing out on social events to do this.
1: Yeah, my my understanding is that um a lot of kind of like the the industry of uh manga and anime is a lot more willing to say like you're done, kid, uh at, at any point than kind of like a comparable industry in like America or Europe. So you mentioned like the manga cause like they'll just, my, my understanding is they'll just kind of like end your series if they, if they don't feel like you're, you know, delivering, or Good. if they feel like, like, like the readership is, is dropping, you know, if, if you have, if you have like a lifetime success, then yeah, you know, yeah, you could, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to keep working and you can get rich and and, and uh, famous and stuff. But um, even like very, very, very popular manga, um, have have, like the careers have wound up being under intense pressure to continue delivering at a fast, fast pace. Um, like, like berserk, isn't that what killed? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I mean, I mean like you're expected to just like keep them going. Like, you know, it's a very different system where, um, you have a lot more like auteurs who are almost, I mean like a lot of the big, uh, mangaka's like they just do it themselves for a long long time. Um yeah, uh so like Mayora had assistant the um ma- mangaka of uh, Berserk had like assistance. but you know, he still like he you know, it was it was his property and he was running it almost like a small business essentially where he would have, you know, assistance to help him. Um and uh the uh the creator of uh, Gogo 13 died recently and yeah, and, and he had been running that comic since 1968 Good uh, Lord. <laughs> just like as a personal endeavor and you know the first you know x number of years it was just him just drawing it himself and then writing it himself and then putting it out and it would just go right into uh you know shonen jump or wherever it went um so yeah it's it's uh it's it's brutal and it doesn't seem it it does kind of lend like a dark character to these things so yeah true yeah um so i don't know uh I, I, I think i think that's pretty much it for for the film um i would love at some point to to talk about uh the cat returns just because i think it's kind of charming um but at the same time like i don't feel it's not it's not like the quality of work of this is kind of like a nice film but uh i guess uh clo- closing thoughts on uh, whisper of the heart which incidentally the title is the title of uh shizuku's um story that she writes whisper of the heart
3: uh,
2: it's good, and I wish there were more movies about creativity that were more like this, and less like generic rock and roll biopic. <laughs> it, and I, it's funny though, I can't really watch any of those other movies without thinking of uh, Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's it's just uh, it was great. Gorgeous to look at, um, and like I said before, it's you know just a, a really good um, vibes movie to just kind of chill out and you know enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and it's it seems to have had. Um, I, I feel like in watching this all the way through, you can see the influence of this movie on so many like little things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like now there's this whole genre of people just doing, like, little little animations that go along with lo-fi music. Like, Raquel mentioned the, the lo-fi beats to chill uh, to girl. Um, but there's, there's a lot of stuff like this where it's just, like, a cityscape with, like, twinkling lights in the background and kind of, like, calm music – And it all feels like stuff that could have been in this film. And it makes me feel like the vibe of this film has itself cast a very long shadow, even if the story.
2: My cat was knocking. There we go. I knew this was going to Harley appearance. Harley. Um, You are such a bad boy.
0: You're such (laughs) a bad kitty. It's only appropriate for this. this, episode
1: <laughs> um yeah but uh i i found it charming and i i enjoyed watching it and i feel like when my girls are a little bit older i feel like they'll be very into it they're they, they can already they really like the part with the song at the beginning they're very into the song at the beginning and i feel like i could show them um i thought about showing them the part where they played music but i was like i know that, that they're gonna want to watch that 10 times over and i don't feel like rewinding in the middle of the film Right. Over and over again. So I didn't. So I'll save There's this. a limited
2: number of times in a row that you can listen to Country Roads Take Me Home. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um so uh Raquel, where can people find more of your work?
2: You can find my writing podcast. It's called Write Good at kittysneezes.com. We talk about writing and we try to distinguish ourselves from the other. Writing podcasts, because most of them are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> most of online writing advice and writing culture is fucking abysmal, to be honest.
1: And I will, um, I will specifically shout out uh, the Write Good Discord, um, because, you know, it's, it's fair to say, I think, that Blood Knife would not exist without the Write Good Discord. A lot of the best writers, yourself included, Raquel, who have been published in Blood Knife, came from the Write Good Discord. Um, it has helped a lot with kind of like getting me uh, much like uh, the Write Good Discord has been my sagey, uh if I am a Shizuku in terms of like applying <laughs> myself and actually fucking writing stuff. And that we keep
2: dunking on you constantly.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice That's lunch, right. Kurt. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, if you if you are uh, writing inclined, you should definitely definitely check out Write Good. You should definitely uh, sign up to be a, 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 a Patreon. Uh, and join the discord um, where uh you know you will uh, learn to write good uh, it's a dollar it's very good yeah
2: we're keeping it cheap we want it to be accessible
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um well uh, I think that's it uh so thanks everyone for listening to parents just don't understand have a good one bye bye